0: Hey, my name is Jacory McCall, and we're so happy to for you to join us at
1: Carolina Roll Call. My name is Coleman Bryant, and I'm the uh, co-host of the show. Um, and we are uh, we are so happy to have uh, Ed Sutton on today, who's uh, running um, for South Carolina House Representative uh, State State House seat uh, District 114. He's running against incumbent um, Representative Lynn Bennett, Um, and we are really excited about this race. Um, so for those of all of our viewers that don't know who Ed is, uh, we want to give Ed a chance to introduce himself to our viewers.
2: Awesome, Ed. Uh, thank you guys for for having me on. This is uh, cool. And I know you, you guys, this is uh, one of your first uh, interviews, so very uh, honored to be part of that and uh, look forward to seeing this program uh, grow. Uh, I know the next uh, 36 days will be probably a busy time for you guys getting everybody on here uh, prior to the election. But uh, like the gentleman mentioned, I am uh, Ed Sutton. I'm running for uh, State House 114. I am a Air Force pilot, been flying for uh, 14 years now. None of those years were uh, active duty and still serving in the reserves. I've got a couple uh, tours overseas in Afghanistan, uh, two with the Air Force and actually did a uh, exchange tour with the uh, army as well on the ground there. So kind of a diverse uh, deployment experience. But my uh, full-time job now is uh, commercial redevelopment. I'm focused on uh, trying to rehab some historic buildings around the Old Naval Base uh, here in Charleston, which is a lot of fun. I still do a good bit of military uh, residential sales uh, as well in real estate. And uh, in addition to the work jobs, I sit on the boards of a couple of uh, nonprofits uh, around Charleston, one uh, small business organization, I lead the uh, Reynolds Avenue uh, Area Merchants Association, and uh, just very much a, a man of the community, believe very much in uh, service. That's uh, kind of the, uh, the slogan, if you will, uh, for the campaign is uh, service to country, service to community, and uh, like being out there, like meeting people, and uh, really like working to make uh, the low country a, a better place to live and work.
1: Um, we're going to kind of go into some uh, policy specific. I know Jacory's going to have a lot of questions for you. Uh, we've all been watching um, Facebook, on Twitter, in um, the local media, the Post and Courier. Um, so, looking at this race, we're you know we know it's going to be competitive. Um, what what issues are at the center of your race?
2: Good question. Good question. So um, I'm a big believer that uh, all politics are local. And uh, if you're, you know, get on our site or, or our card, uh, you see that uh, we're not the type that uh, really is, has a lot of interest in strictly hitting the, the partisan drum. Because when you talk about schools, when you talk about roads, when you talk about flooding, those are issues that uh, affect everyone's uh, day-to-day uh, lives. And I'm a big believer, too, of coming back to the middle and, and talking about those things and figuring out um, how we address them and, and keep the uh, ball moving from Forward. So, in order, I'll say a kind of an importance a little bit is uh, one is education. Uh, need a lot more uh, support there from the state level for our schools and not just primary education, but uh, Uh, higher ed as well across the state Uh, traffic and congestion big problem here uh, particularly along 61 which is kind of the uh, the spine uh, of the district and uh, flooding kind of goes hand in hand with that they of course fall under the uh, infrastructure umbrella and then uh, environment you know people are still very concerned about uh, the potential for offshore drilling or seismic blasting. And we've got a big problem with uh, plastic pellet pollution uh, here in the low country as well. So we'll go uh, education, infrastructure, and the environment are kind of the, the big things that we're talking about and uh, and looking forward to doing some good work on.
0: And I'll, and I'll jump in there because you said education. Um, one of the biggest things that I personally think is going to come up in a lot of South Carolina races, and it's going to be, you know, what is your stance on the governor? And I want to make sure this word is very right. The governor's, his CARES Act, he decided to give vouchers for, um, for students to go to private schools. What is your take on that with dividing money from public and private schools or however you want to address yes, that? Yes, and
2: thank you very much for bringing that up and you used the right word, it's, it is vouchers. It's really a backdoor uh, voucher system. Uh, public money belongs in public schools. That's the hard line. We do not take public money and give it away uh, to private schools. We've never done that before. We should not be doing that because it always comes at the expense uh, of public education when we do that. And particularly now, uh, what I'm hearing from a lot of educators here in Charleston and Dorchester County is uh, they still their PPE is uh, is far from inadequate. So that CARES Act money could have been used to you know take care of you know PPE needs that we have now with uh, with distance learning or step raises. The House, uh, unfortunately, last week froze step wages for educators uh, this year, we could use that money to give uh, teachers a raise. And especially now, since they're pulling double duty with doing a mixture of virtual and in-person uh, uh, you know, teaching. And uh, you know, I think what that CARES Act uh, at its core is very dishonest because we have told teachers, and this has been the case for years and years, but we told them, especially this year, you are essential, but we're not paying them essential and we're not giving them the tools they need like they're essential work. So I was very much uh, not satisfied, not happy with that CARES Act give- giveaway. I think that we need to be doing a lot more to support our, our public educators.
1: One thing I want to kind of shift into is um, we're, we're in the middle of a public health crisis. Um, and one of the issues I think that was really important um, for all of the winners in 2018 midterm elections was health care. Everyone was saying, well, healthcare is on the ballot. So in the midst of this crisis, in the midst... Of this healthcare debate, where do you stand on the issue and what is your plan um, going forward?
2: Yes. Uh, and so obviously, COVID healthcare tied hand in hand there. One of the, the big things that uh, the previous governor of our state uh, did was deny uh, Medicaid expansion. And that's something I'm very much in favor of. I think we should put it on the ballot. I think we should make that a uh, ballot initiative, because we are using a lot of state resources to cover those uh, uninsured people when we have this federal program that can do it for us, and we can use save that you know uh, those state resources for other things like you know increase law enforcement training or get you know get those funds. Uh, back into our school, and if we were to expand Medicaid, that would bring additional 600,000 people uh, in the state onto a health insurance plan. So I believe that would be a, a very good thing, and and uh, looking out for the health and interest uh, of the citizens of uh, of South Carolina. But uh, yeah, our COVID um, response. This is the biggest thing that everyone needs to know. Is you know we are populous. We are one of the uh, you know we're not a this a like hugely populous uh, state compared to uh, other other states on the East Coast. Yet somehow we are worldwide worldwide leaders in uh, the COVID uh, infection rates. So you have to look at the results, and and they're not good. Uh, they're just not good. And I think part of it is our attitude was a little bit uh, laxadaisical in the beginning. Uh, we were one of the last to you know really embrace the shutdown, and one of the first ones to open it back up. And a lot of that was tied to oh, we don't want to you know hurt the uh, economy too bad. Well. One, we have to prioritize people's health are way more you know important in the economy. And I'm a business owner. Don't get me wrong. I, I want to get my business back up and running, and and uh, and we have taken uh, a hit this year. But truly, if your your interest was the, was the business or if your interest was protecting businesses, we really should have just bitten the bullet early and gotten real serious about it and flatten that curve because we never, flat, never flattened that curve. Here we are, we're still leading the country in, uh, in infection rates because we never really quite took it uh, that serious and that long-term impact has hurt businesses way, way more than it would have if we were to take a shorter, uh, harder stance and fighting against COVID.
0: So, I'll jump in really quick because I know this question was coming up next. Is I'm gonna let you answer this in maybe one number. What is your um, rate of the state's um, response to COVID right there in your community? We're talking about like
2: uh, one to 10, uh, 10 being good, one being bad. Yes, sir. I, I would say Charleston's done uh, a little bit better. Uh, I'll say the, the city has done uh, a good job of uh, having mask mandates and uh, putting other practices in place to keep uh, uh, people separated. So I'll say as a, as a, as a whole, uh, you know, Charleston, we're, we're, probably, we're probably a seven. Uh, as a state, I'll probably give us a three.
1: All right, I wanna um, kind of go back to one more thing you said about, we we're talking about the economy a little bit. Um, you know, there's been this big debate about choosing public health versus choosing the economy, um, whether you can do both. And I think you raised a really good point about your own, about your own self, being a business owner and how this is, how that plays into it. I think that's a really uh, important perspective that, um, our viewers would love to hear, um, just a little bit more about.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, being a, being a business owner, of course, uh, you know, being real estate and required to be out there and, and, and meet people. There are some things that uh, I, I could do from home and I've been trying to work uh, from home uh, as, as much as possible. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, yeah, small businesses, we did have, um, you know, the PPE uh, program in the, in the beginning, uh, I think was uh, a, a pretty good thing, which really uh, I think hurt us, uh, you know, business-wise um, is is not continuing the uh, unemployment uh, benefits uh, for a lot of people, or I'll say uh, the program that did came out from an executive order where the state is covering uh, 25% uh, percent of that. Because most business owners, we want to try to keep uh, as many uh, people on the books as possible because we, we know that you still have rent to pay. You still have your mortgage uh, the, the pay and everything, but there is only a finite, uh, you know, of course we don't run you know, we don't necessarily have two years worth of reserves in the bank, so that's where we rely on our payroll taxes that we've been putting into the system for years to be utilized in times uh, like this. But unfortunately, uh, that federal program uh, was was not, or was continued at a much lower rate, and the states is, are having to cover a lot, uh, or 25% uh, of that cost, which is further, you know, depleting our our, our state uh, bank account and everything. So, uh, again, that's the kind of a, a program that I don't think was uh, fully. fully fully utilized uh, the best way that it, it possibly could have.
0: And I'll, and I'll shift gears, gears right. on um, really quick, you know, because I know our time together is coming to an end. And so I want, I want to be able to get to a, a lot of topics really quick, but one of the coolest things well, um, is let me rephrase that word. One of the saddest things in our country is what's going on. If, if you look at, you know, if it was the verdict, vertical, Brianna Taylor, if you look at things in our country where there is a huge disconnect, between community and law enforcement, no matter how you try to look at it or in community members um, with each other regarding to law enforcement. So electing you for district 114, how does voters, you know, what do you bring to the table? Yeah, absolutely. And I think,
2: what's happening now, we have to look at, you know, kind of the, the bigger picture. And I'm not sure if uh, you gentlemen have seen the play Hamilton, uh, you know, fantastic production. And I think the theme, or at least what I took out of there, is uh, we have yet to realize the dream of our founding fathers, particularly with uh, with equality. And there's no question, we're not there yet. We're not there. And one of the things, uh, or number, you know, the backdrop of the social conversation, one of the things we have to say no to right away and, and realize that there are people out there that are selling us a false narrative. You're either with the police or you're with the people protested. I'm with Americans and we need to have a conversation if people aren't you know, feeling safe, if they don't feel like they' having the same opportunity, well how do we improve the system? How do we you know, get further down the road? And let's talk you know, first about law enforcement a little bit. There is a, a movement out there uh, people calling it a defund the police. I think that is wrong. I think that is, you know, if if there are ways that we need to improve policing, we don't do that by cutting resources. We do that by doing, uh, you know, looking at who we hire, making sure that we're raising the bar, that we're doing a better job when it comes to training and making sure that they have uh, the right equipment. On the the people, uh, you know, on the streets and people out there, you know, talking, let's not destroy property. Let's not, you know, violence is never, never the answer uh, to anything. And we can have these conversations without, without smashing windows or anything. And that very rarely happens. So we did have a, uh, an issue uh, here in Charleston. But I think this is, again, when I talk about bringing uh, people, you know, back to the middle, let's step away from the binary. Uh, let's not look at, you know, the situation in black and white and realize that we are trying to achieve equality something that has not yet happened and we are not going to get there by defunding stuff and we're not going to get there uh, by breaking stuff either we've got to have a serious conversation
1: all right we're going to try to go to some topics that are more broad Um, we hit a lot of policy there Uh, but now we want to talk about the race um, and you and your opponent Um, so obviously there's a lot of talk around this race Uh, we've all read the news we've all read facebook we've all seen everything that has to come with this race, Um, your opponent's comment on food service uh, workers. So, I mean, considering all of this, how would you assess Lynn Bennett's job performance during her time in office? And what would you do differently?
2: Yeah, um, obviously, I'm, I'm running for this seat because, uh, of course, they could, could do uh, a better job here. And I'll tell you a big reason why uh, I jumped into this race is I saw that article last year about uh, her endorsement or support of, of QAnon. And quite frankly, you know, conspiracy theories, it isn't solving our education. It's not solving our flooding. It's, it's, it's more a distraction uh, than anything. So I believe very much in bringing professionalism uh, back to this, uh, bringing bipartisanship where you can work with uh, you know, people across the aisle and, uh, and just staying serious about the things that uh, impact our, uh, our day-to-day lives.
1: Kind of going off of that, what issues will you highlight or put more emphasis on that you think that she's kind of maybe left behind?
2: Um, I mean, we can go down the, uh, the, 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 full gamut. You know, one of the things, you know, we're very much different zones She did support the, uh, the CARES Act giveaway. So, uh, you know, taking that money out of, of our uh, public school system and giving it to uh, private. So we we're very much, uh, different, uh, on those, uh, points. Uh, she is one of the last few people elected representatives that is in favor of, uh, offshore drilling and seismic testing. Uh, I'm very much uh, opposed to that. So, uh, very, uh, different there. And then, uh, she voted against the penny, uh, sales tax, which would uh, go a long way to uh, address, uh, and thankfully it did pass, uh, address our traffic problems and particularly our flooding infrastructure problems because when we improve roads, we can improve the drainage, which will have a big impact on our our flooding issues. So there is a lot uh, of daylight between us on uh, positions that we stand, but particularly uh, how we are in tune with the the needs of the district.
0: And I'll jump in um, really quick. You know, I think you're an awesome guy, and I think Lynn Bennett's a good person. And so I think when, sometimes when we're talking about top politics, we don't sit down, especially when we do interviews like this because they're so fast and you're trying to get information out on both sides. What is one thing that Representative Bennett has done right where you guys could work together in a bipartisan way?
2: Um, yeah, that's a good question. One thing uh, that we probably uh, agree on um, – gosh, um, I'm going to have to go back and uh, – and look at her voting record again uh, on some stuff. Um, I know she's for mer- medical marijuana. I'm I'm in favor of that as well. So I'll probably say that's one thing that we would we would probably see eye to eye on is uh, is medical marijuana.
0: Thank you. Tommy, did you want
1: to? Yeah, I want to. We're going to go into a couple more questions considering the the broad perspectives of this race. Um, so the first one is, you know, running against a Republican in South Carolina is. Um, definitely, and it's a incumbent Republican. It's, it's definitely very challenging. Uh, so, what gives you hope about uh, District uh, One Hundred and Fourteen that this seat could be uh, flipped?
2: Yeah, I, I think would um, you know we used to be a state where we were more bi- bipartisan, and I'll say in the era of uh, we had uh, Strong Thurman and, and Fritz Hollings. You know, for forty years we had a Republican and uh, a Democratic uh, senator, and, and they. Usually, would win their re election overwhelmingly, meaning that people were voting on both uh, sides of the aisle. And I think part of that is getting back, you know, or stepping away from the, the hyper partisanship uh, that has certainly been in vogue. I'll say, probably, maybe the last eight to 10, ten years and, uh, and, and talk about the things that, that truly uh, matter to people. And you saw that uh, with the uh, SC1 congressional race um, back in uh, 2018. Uh, Congressman Cunningham was, was very much about the issues that, uh, that mattered and, and it connected with people. Um, and I think you're starting to see more and more people uh, do that, you know, not just strictly get out there and, and, and bang the party drum, but look at the things that truly have uh, impact on people's uh, day-to-day lives.
1: Yeah, so kind of going off of that, I was actually about to just bring up that, that race, because I, I would say if I had answered that question, I think that's what I would say. You know, that, that race gave um, a lot of Democrats in Charleston a lot of hope. Um, so based on that race and based on the traditional voting trends of that area, um, what do you say to a swing voter who may be a moderate Republican or moderate Democrat who's considering you and your opponent? I mean, what, what would you say to the, the moderate voter?
2: Yeah, it, it doesn't matter uh, what letter is behind your name. Uh, again, it matters, you know, we're, we're all on the same ship. We're South Carolinians, we're Americans. The uh, same traffic light issue that affects me, uh, affects you. And uh, let's work together to get those things done and, and push that partnership stuff aside.
0: And I'll, and I'll um, you know, try to get some questions. Our last couple of questions is, you know, we went through policy. We went through your race. So tell us about you. Tell us about something that gets you going in the morning, what um, gets you up, like maybe a little bit about your family, your favorite hobby, something you like to eat. I mean, sit down for Absolutely.
2: Uh, I'll tell you, uh, what gets me up every morning now is is my son. Uh, So we've got a 10-month-old at home. And uh, I I tell you, one of my regrets in life so far is not becoming a dad sooner. It has been absolutely awesome. Uh, I love it. He's just a, a ball of joy, and it, uh, and I get excited. You know, every time I come home, like I walk in the door, and he just like just starts squealing and like waving his hands and everything. And that's just a, a very cool uh, experience. So I wish I was uh, had become a dad uh, years and years ago. And that is truly for for Amy and I. have Been the uh, the highlight of uh, of this year is, is having them home and, and seeing them uh, develop every day. Another uh, you know big thing that uh, is a is a part of my life is uh, is travel. Uh, I, I very much enjoy uh, new experiences getting out of my comfort zone uh, I'm really into doing these crazy motorcycle races uh, around the world across the Sahara and to the uh, southern Carpathia mountains uh, and so that's something I've've uh, always valued and and, uh, and actually I'll tell you this last uh, race I went on in Romania uh, there's a gentleman there from um, uh, the Netherlands. And, uh, he was there with his, 18 uh, year old son and they were doing it together. And I, you know, at that time Amy was pregnant, we knew that we were having a son. I was like, man, I just can't wait, you know, 18 years in the future to be able to go out and, uh, and do these things uh, with him and, and hopefully more kids to, uh, to follow as well. So family guy and, uh, like to travel.
1: I'm going to interject right here. Uh, since we have you on here, um, do you have any, uh, for the next 30 something days, any campaign updates, any,
2: Hit the pavement hard. We, uh, we're we out there beating folks, of course, with masks. We follow the CDC guidelines for uh, census workers. So with masks, distance, and, distance, and we don't go inside uh, people's homes. We've had a, a lot of uh, great interactions uh, out there with people of all political stripes, you know, talking about the issues that we mentioned uh, on the call today. So uh, we're just going to keep, uh, keep connected with folks and let them know what, uh, what we're all about.
0: Well, you know, since we did lunch with Ed today, I think it'd be the coolest thing to close us out with everybody going around and telling us your favorite, um, place in South Carolina, family business, either if it's in Sherald, Dillon, um, Charleston, Spartanburg, Greenville. But, you know, today I enjoy some weights from Spartanburg, great Southern food. So if any, if you're ever in the area, you have to try
1: it. Gotcha. Good to know. I'll go next, I guess. Um, I'm going to have to go with, uh, Schuler's Barbecue. I'm gonna give a shout at Dillon County, Jacory's home t- home county. Uh some of the best barbecue buffet you can get on the way to the beach, especially if you're heading to Myrtle Beach. That's where I'm gonna what I'm gonna say today. Well, it's
2: true South Carolina fashion. Uh, I'll keep it in the barbecue realm. I'm a big fan of uh, Rodney Scott's uh, downtown and uh, there's a recent Netflix uh, episode uh, out about uh, his story and his barbecue and everything. And my wife and I watched it the week and I was like, how lucky are we that we get to live in a town where like Rodney Scott's making barbecue. We can, you know, it's five minutes down the road and can hop over there and get some, some more famous uh, BBQ. So uh, that's, uh, that's one of my, my favorite local spots.
1: So, kind of want to go with some closing comments. We're almost at our our mark. Um, you know, last week we had the opportunity to interview uh, Charleston um, Senator, State Senator Sandy Sin. I don't know if you know her. Um, and now we're sitting down uh, with a uh, Democratic nominee. I think this shows the power of our show. Uh, we've enjoyed your interview. I appreciate um, every all of your all of your answers were great, um, and um, I think this is going to be exciting right? So. We wish you the best of luck.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for for taking the time to have me on and everything. And like I said, I look forward to watching uh, future episodes and seeing you guys uh, grow this podcast. And thank you for your involvement, because of course, you know, you represent the younger up and coming uh, generation. And, you know, these decisions that are made in the state house, you know, particularly at higher education, uh, it impacts your day to day life. And then before you know it, uh, you guys will be the decision makers uh, coming up here uh, in the future. So thank you very much for your interest and uh, look forward to, to following you guys online and everything.
0: And thank you, Mr. Ed. I, I, I'm going to close this out. I think it's so important for us to continue to have these conversations. And, you know, we, you know, discussed so much today from um, police brutality, from COVID to education. And, you know, just imagine in our state what we could accomplish if we could come together on both sides and have a conversation as people and not be so partisan. So, so we're so excited that you decided to sit down with us and, um, you know, good luck in your race. We'll be sitting down on um, with your opponent soon. And so it's good to be able to have both of y'all ideas, but really just you can give a free outlet and it's not someone trying to take parts of what you're saying. So it's so great to just talk to you and get to know your um, view and good luck to you on the campaign. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you. So much.